Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Hello, this is Roderick from Bray, and you are listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth. Today's topic is wishing you were someone else. If you're like pretty much every human being in the world, you have a moment in life, or if you're honest, many moments in life where you wished for someone else's life. You wanted to be something different, look like someone else, dress like someone else, be married to someone else. You wanted someone else's life. Well, I can relate to this. There are times when I look at what I do, where I live, where I am in life, and I think, wow, I wish I had her success. Or I wish I had people following me like he does. Or I wish I could look like her. Sometimes we want the attention that others are receiving. Sometimes their physical appearance. Sometimes their smarts or their talents. But when everything shakes down, we are who we are. Scripture tells us in the book of 2 Samuel about King David. Let me read a little bit of a story for you in case you don't know it or you've forgotten it. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of his palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. David sees something he wants, but notice Bathsheba belongs to someone else. She's the wife of Uriah the Hittite. So David calls for her, sleeps with her, she ends up pregnant, and now what does David do? The desire to have someone else's life is so strong that he follows it. He makes it his own, even just for a day, and trouble unfolds. So then what happens? King David sends Uriah out to the front lines of battle so that he'll be killed, and there Uriah dies. Here's what scripture says. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. And after a time of mourning was over, David had her brought to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. God's not happy with the sin of wanting someone else's something. Whether it's a wife, a job, a house, anything, he doesn't want that for us. And so it reads that He laid out that whole plan for us about not wanting what other people have with Moses when he gave him the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20, 17 reads, Thou shalt not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. So, listeners, why do we do it? Why do we want things that don't belong to us? Why do we think that other people's lives are better without conflict and trouble, without pain and suffering? It reminds me of my own life story, my own journey. I remember the day vividly. I was in 10th grade. We had finished traveling with our music class for a special event. The entire class decided we'd meet for pizza at the local shop in our small town. I would catch a ride with my friend Susie. Now, I met Susie when I was five years old. She lived one block from me down the hill. Her daddy, Raymond, and my daddy were both college professors at the community college in town. From the moment that I set eyes on her, I thought she was incredible. 
As her mom had set up a play date with my mother, I remember walking the block by myself. Mom, what were you thinking? It was different back then, I guess. I walked a whole block from my house to hers, and I stayed right on the sidewalk until I reached their old two-story home. Now, we had a modern rambler, and already at age five, someone else's stuff was creeping in. I loved their home, the big old windows and stairway. And then Susie brought them out, a jewelry box filled with several rings, hush puppy rings. Did you ever hear of them? Did you ever see them? They were fabulous. They were crazy because when you moved them, you'd see the old puppy moving back and forth. It was just his big head. It was darling. You bought hush puppy shoes. You got this free plastic ring. It was the be all and end all of life for this five-year-old. Well, when I went home that night, I said to my mom, I need some new shoes. And she replied, you don't need new shoes. We'll think about hush puppies another time. Needless to say, it wouldn't be until fourth grade that I got my hush puppy shoes, and by then they were not giving away plastic rings. Back to the day of the music class heading for pizza. Susie was driving me to her house so we could change out of our choir outfits. She drove a fabulous old Volkswagen Beetle. Of course she did. I loved that car, along with every other teenager in 1978 loving that car. When we arrived at Susie's home, she said, let's save time and you can just borrow some of my clothes. That way we don't have to go to your house too. The most popular girl in our class the most beautiful girl in the school. I was there with her, in her world, and now able to wear her clothes. I picked out a pair of jeans and a sweater and got dressed, brushed through my waist-length hair and headed back to the car. I felt like a million dollars. Now, I've asked myself about this day so many times that it hurts my brain. Why did I feel different? Why did I feel like a million dollars? Why was it so odd to me that I as a regular average everyday person wearing somebody else's clothes felt so important and special. As we walked in together to the pizza place, I noticed that people looked up at us. Susie was her wonderful, kind self, giggling, chatting with others, and always unpretentious. Several people eyed my outfit and knew it wasn't mine. I smiled. I felt bigger, taller, better, different, but only for a few hours in time. And then the coach turned back into the pumpkin and Cinderella's clothes back into her drab attire. I wanted to be somebody else. I wanted someone else's life. And for several hours, by wearing her clothes, I felt like I had it. Funny thing is, just like King David, it didn't change anything within my own being. Life was still life. My home, my home. My parents, still my parents. No boyfriend, no Volkswagen Beetle, no old two-story home, no fabulous clothes. And life began to unfold on its own accord for me. Strange, but even without being someone else, things happened for me. I was winning awards for my singing. I began writing. I was involved with church work and music. And by 11th grade, I had a really nice boyfriend in my class on a few dates here and there. God stepped in. He showed me the life that Susie had was hers. Her friends were different. Her direction, different. Her life, not mine. You see, although her life seemed perfect, it wasn't meant for me. God specifically gave me Duane and Lita for parents. 
I drove Dwayne's extra car in Old Plymouth throughout my 10th, 11th, and 12th grades. I took piano lessons from Velma Linke. I attended the Baptist church. I began to lead worship. I began to lead Bible studies. I began to sing everywhere I could. Do you get it? I was supposed to be me, not her. Those were my gifts. Those were my talents. That's what God gave me to be. And when push comes to shove and I looked in the mirror, I was okay in my own clothes, in my own skin. And Susie, she married a kind boy who loved her from high school until this very day. She became a teacher. She stayed in our hometown. She's still as pretty as ever. But Susie's life was meant for Susie. Me, I moved away, became a worship director, sang commercials for radio stations, wrote Bible studies, married the farmer of my dreams, and am delivering this radio show right now. That was life that was set out before me. What good did it ever do me to want to have someone else's anything? It wasn't meant for me. Well, here are some thoughts about this subject from our Best Life staffer, Dr. Mary Schultz Mishner. I find it so easy to get stuck in that loop of wanting someone else's life. It's not hard for me to find myself thinking, oh, I so want her hair, or she doesn't have any wrinkles at all. Why can't I have her skin? I wanted that job. Why can't I have her life? Or why can't we go on trips like that? Our family doesn't vacation like that. And I get in this loop of feeling like I am not enough. In media, TV, social media, everywhere around us, it reinforces the fact that we're not enough. We should be like somebody else. But that's not what God asks of us. And that's not how God created us. And so when I get in this loop and start feeling like I'm sinking into the pit, I head back to Psalm 139 and I read what the psalmist says, that reminds me that I am uniquely created by God for his good works. It says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Did you hear that? God's works are wonderful. God doesn't make junk. And I have to remind myself that I am blessed. My life is blessed. And it's a wonderful thing to be able to live knowing that God has created me perfectly for his purpose. Mary, thanks so much for those encouraging words and just for sharing your heart and your thought. I love your authenticity. Well, it seems like the more that we look around, the more unhappy and discontented we become. It's just human nature. We look at what other people have, we want it. Here's Best Life's friend, Pastor Rachel Warner from Christ United Methodist Church in Maplewood, Minnesota, to share her thoughts. I remember when I was in my mid-twenties and all my friends were getting married, many of them starting families. For a time, that was all I could focus on, what they had and I did not. Spouses, children, even though I loved much about my life, I focused on what my friends had and I saw their lives as better than mine. Fast forward a decade and in my mid-thirties, I have that life, a spouse, children, and a lovely home in the suburbs. I even drive a minivan. I love my life and my family, and now I find that some days I get caught up in the lives of my friends who are single and driven, accomplishing astounding career goals, traveling the world, decorating city apartments that look like the pages from a magazine, and I admit I can feel envious. I sometimes miss the days when I didn't randomly find Cheerios stuck between my toes. No matter how fulfilled we feel, how blessed we are, how far along we've come in achieving our dreams, it can be natural to look at others and want what they have. I'm reminded of Rachel and Leah, sisters in the Bible, who both became wives of Jacob. 
Their stories are in the book of Genesis. They were two very different women. Rachel seemed to have it all, looks, charisma, boldness, and the attention of Jacob. Leah had none of these things, and she ended up married to Jacob because of her father's deception. But it turned out that Leah was able to bear children when her sister Rachel could not. All Leah desired was that her husband would love her the way he loved Rachel. All Rachel desired was that she could bear her husband a child as her sister could. These human desires for what another has are not new. And yet the future of the people of Israel came to be built upon both of these matriarchs as each learned to live with compassion and work for justice. And together they gave life to generations of leaders in the human story. In the 10th chapter of John's Gospel, Jesus describes himself as a gate for the sheep, and he warns, A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Envy is like a thief that threatens to steal our joy and destroy our relationships with others. But if we look to Jesus as the source of our value, our confidence, and our desires, we will find abundant and fulfilling life right where we are. May this full and abundant life be yours today, and may you find ways to bless others with a reminder that a real and abundant life comes in many shapes and sizes. Amen. Listeners, I love what Pastor Rachel said. She said if we look to Jesus as the source of our value, our confidence, and our desires, we will find abundant and fulfilling life right where we are. What encouraging words, not looking around at other people and what you're lacking and what they have, but looking at Jesus Christ as the source of our everything. That's where our contentment is going to be found. So let's take a minute now and listen to this incredible song called Once Again. It's by Christine Dente. The thing that I really enjoy about this is it takes you right there. It takes you to the foot of the cross with your focus on Jesus, off of yourself, off of other people. And it reminds you about everything that he has done for you and how he's made you who you are with what you have. Jesus Christ, I think upon your sacrifice. You became nothing, poured out to death many Exhausted. 
When I think about that song and I think about the words to Once Again, that's Christine Dente, and she's singing with Susan Ashton and Margaret Becker, in case you want to check out that song for yourself. When I listen to those words, I am taken back to a place time and time again of just going before God and thinking, wow, sometimes I wonder if I ever do anything right. Do you ever think about that? Do you ever say to yourself, oh, all I've done is mistake after mistake? Maybe it's how you treat people. Maybe it's in a relationship you have, whether you're dating or you're married. Maybe it's with that sister that you haven't talked to for years and years. But you think, wow, I wish I was someone else. Well, when I listen to friends or family who tell me that they wish they were someone else or had a different spouse, job, home, or life, I try to figure out what's the core issue. Where's that coming from inside of me? Where's it coming from inside of you? So recently when I asked my daughter if she ever wanted to be someone else as I was preparing for this radio show, she said something interesting. A one-word response to me. That sentence was this, always. I said, you always want to be somebody else? She said, yeah. I wondered why. She said, because mom, other people have it all together. They have organization. They have great jobs. They have well-behaved kids. They have a good church. They have their marriage going well. And I just said, honey, come on. Whose world are you watching TV? Because it's just not truth. It's like an imaginary version of life. Everybody knows this. And I repeat this. Everybody knows that every single one of us has our own problems. We have our own shortcomings. We have our own lives that have things that aren't good. Maybe you've got a fabulous marriage, but you don't like your job. Maybe you love your job and your spouse, but you can't find a great church to worship. It's just that we have different problems. And we have to learn and realize that if we're going to trade lives with somebody else because we think their life is better and we want what they have, guess what? They've got problems just like we do. They're just different problems. I think back to a time when I served as a worship director in a large church, and I know I talk about that a lot, but it's my experience because I did it for over 25 years. Well, I'd been there for a short while when a few of the worship team members decided that they were going to help their friend get my job. Interesting. Hmm? It was kind of drama-filled. The problem, well... I had the job. I'd already been there for quite a while, and they hired me. Well, the more that I worked with the team, they saw that I was okay, and they thought that I would be all right. The more that I developed the drama team, the better the dramas became, and the more that I worked with the pastor, the better my relationship became. But guess what? From the outside, people thought, wow, she's really got a great job. I want that job. And so they were back to trying to help their friend to get my job. What people saw was simply this. I loved my job. I loved the people I worked with. I loved what I did. And when you really love something and you put your focus on it and you put your heart and soul into it, well, then it just looks really good to other people. So here's what happened. Eventually, as I continued to do my very best, I tried to really ignore what they were doing, and I put my focus on my job and how I was doing and on God. And something happened. They kind of fizzled out. So here's the conclusion I've drawn about the situation, about wanting someone else's job or life or spouse or house. 
it might look better, but you know what? It's got its own problems. It might be exactly what you think you want, but it isn't yours. It wasn't meant for you. It isn't going to be yours. It's, it's not going to be great because it's not you. So think about my story at the beginning where I borrowed someone else's clothes, someone that I thought I wanted to be. And once I was actually wearing them, I felt really great, but it never, ever made me someone else. Hey, let's take a break from this tough topic. And here's Riley Erickson with the bottom line. Hi, this is Riley Erickson for Best Life Ministries with another bottom line movie review. When the weather is icy and the temps are frigid here in Minnesota, no one wants to be out traveling. So instead of braving the roads, throw a pizza in the oven, get the fire going, and tune in for some favorite movies. Best Life wants to recommend our top six. Falling under the thriller category, our number one pick is the 1950 classic black-and-white movie No Man of Her Own. It's an unrated film with 95 minutes of on-the-edge-of-your-seat mystery and drama, starring Barbara Stanwyck and John Lund. When a single pregnant mother boards a train to leave town and meets up with a kind couple who encourage her, she feels as though she can go on. That is, until the train crashes and she assumes the wife's identity of the couple she just befriended. Romance, murder, blackmail, and intrigue all wind together to make a great movie. Also in the thriller category, our number two pick is Red Eye, starring Rachel McAdams and Cillian Murphy. This film is rated PG-13 and has a running time of 1 hour, 25 minutes. When Lisa, played by McAdams, grabs a red eye for home, she thinks it's going to be an easy flight, until she discovers her seatmate plans to use her as part of an assassination plot. It's a spine-chilling view that keeps you guessing and scared for most of the movie. Our top six wouldn't be complete without a couple romantic film entries, which is where our number three conveniently falls. Here at Best Life, we've seen almost every version of Pride and Prejudice, but this one starring Kira Knightley and Matthew McFadden is our favorite. Rated PG, and with a running time of 2 hours and 9 minutes, you'll be swept back in time as Elizabeth Bennett and Mr. Darcy face love and flee from it time and time again, until romance finally catches up. The cinematography for this movie is stunning, with backgrounds featuring real English manners and country houses. Characters are well-developed as you journey through trials and troubles with Elizabeth's friends and family. If Pride and Prejudice romances you in England, you'll be enticed with the cinematography of our number four pick, the classic black-and-white 1953 movie Roman Holiday, which is, very appropriately, filmed in Rome. With a running time of 118 minutes, this unrated film stars the always-dashing Gregory Peck, along with movie newcomer Audrey Hepburn, who entertain you with the charming story of a princess who just needs a break. Escaping from her everyday world at the palace, she meets Joe, a newspaper writer, who helps conceal her identity as they make a day of it out in the real world. The story follows the forbidden romance as it unfolds, but fair warning from us, keep a box of tissue handy for the ending, in case you need to dry an eye or two. Lastly, we recommend something that might last more than an hour on a wintry night, in case the snow is piling up quicker than your kid's dirty laundry and you have nowhere to be for the weekend. A couple mystery TV series were our go-to. Coming in at number five, the five-season series called Chuck, starring Zachary Levi as a computer geek at the Buy More store. Originally airing on NBC in 2007, Chuck is loaded with hilarious humor, mystery, intrigue, and a great cast of characters, as it chronicles the life of Chuck, a geek-turned-private eye working for the government. Each show resolves a mystery within its approximate 50 minutes. It's fun and fast-moving with lots of quirks and giggles along the way. 
If you've grown tired of the city, maybe it's time for a change. May we interest you in a modern western with mysteries and intrigue? Filling out our top six list in our final spot, the five-season Netflix show Longmire is a favorite. It originally aired on A&E and features Sheriff Walt Longmire in the small-town setting of Durant, Wyoming. Follow along as Walt solves crimes with his staff and friends, Henry Standing Bear, Branch, Vic, and Ferg. Mysteries are regularly solved as the storylines take you to Wyoming, Colorado, and New Mexico. You'll end up wishing you lived in Durant. So the next time snow is in the forecast, don't cringe. Instead, stream, rent, purchase, or borrow one of these fabulous movies or TV series for some good entertainment. These were the Best Life Ministry's top six, and that's the bottom line. It's okay at times to feel like you have the wantsies, but the truth is you need to be content with who you are, and I bet you've got some fabulous gifts. I bet there's some really great things about you, and maybe you don't have people telling you that, but I know this. You do. Because God's created you. So maybe you have to figure out how you're going to, you know, get up and get going and change some things about what you have and how you want them to be better. But stop wanting what isn't yours from someone else's world and go out and work hard to get your own. That's what I'm doing. Wouldn't that have been so much easier for the people that were trying to get my job at the church? If the woman who wanted the job just went out like I did, and hey, what about this for an idea? She applied for a position as a worship director, as as a director somewhere where they actually needed that position. She might have just found one. So do the work. Change your life. Stop coveting what your neighbor has and stop trying to figure out that you want what other people have. Just figure out that you want what you've got. Just make it better. Make it your best. So be blessed today and watch out for the wishing for someone else's something. Be happy with who you are and what you have. Pastor Rachel used Best Life's purpose verse. Did you know that? John 10.10b, I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. God wants us to have a full life, the life that he's chosen for us, the life that was picked out for us, as scripture says, He knew us while we were still in the womb. Friends, what's that say about life in general? What's that say to us when we want someone else's something? There are times when I look at Farmer Dean and I think, wow, I wish I had those muscles. Or I look at Pastor Mike and think, wow, I wish I could have been born a man instead of a woman so I could preach and not have anyone begrudging me of teaching since I'm a woman. Or I look at my mother and think, what would it be like to be retired? And have lunch with your friends and bake anything you want and have time for naps. Or sometimes I look at my producer right here at the station, John Jennings, and I think, what would it be like to own a radio station or stations and get to pick out everything that people hear all the time? But listeners, God made me just me. I have gifts that Dean, Mom, Pastor Mike, and John don't have. They've got their own and they're really good at them. But I have some abilities that maybe they might want to possess. The truth is, it all comes back to these facts. We are who we are. We all have our own great abilities. We all need to use them to help others. And if we keep our eyes off of what we think we're lacking and onto the one who made us, loves us, and saved us, I think abundant life can come to all of us in various shapes and forms. Be blessed today and watch out for the wishing for someone else's something. Be happy with who you are and what you have. Let me pray with you. 
Dear Jesus, it's so easy to look around and feel like we want what others have. Maybe it's their possessions, maybe it's their physical attributes, or maybe their personality traits. God, we can be greedy and selfish and jealous. Forgive us for those attitudes and help us to embrace what you've given us and rejoice in your gifts, the ones that we possess. Help us to be thankful for who we are and what we have. In Jesus' name, amen. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best. Best.